before we get into the show, make sure to do a couple things. First of all, click the subscribe button down below and make sure to turn on your notifications, please, in order to get updated content that I start to put out. I do put out weekly videos, so hopefully you enjoy those. The second thing you can do is to make sure to be empathetic and understanding for all of my guests that come on this show, but otherwise, enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Deep Dives into the Minds of Esports. My name is Blake Penishevitz, and with me today is a fascinating individual who has been working with teams in League of Legends since 2015. He has worked with Moss Esports, Dream Team, Tainted Minds, Echo Fox, and is now currently the head coach for the Golden Guardians. Please let me introduce Nick Smith, maybe better known as Inero. Welcome. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you. So, I was, okay, I won't lie, with your name, I was I was super scared because of Inori, and whenever I see your name, yeah. that is definitely I even wrote it wrong at first when I was like writing up my notes. I was like oh, Inori, and I was like, no, that is wrong. Inori was a player, so it, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, that happens. That happens a lot to me actually, which is a little surprising. Uh, I've had random people in solo queue bring up the oh, you aren't you that jungle guy? And it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's me. I'm Inori. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pro player now pro coach so um yeah. we, we're gonna have a lot of things to kind of talk about your back life there is not a lot of information out there on which i think is kind of cool because that means there's something mm -hmm. new for people to kind of learn about you um and i part of the reason that i did this show was to show that everyone who was kind of involved in esports um really does have a kind of like human aspect to them and they're, they're really similar to people who are not working in esports, but a lot of times they get put up in like pedestals or put in a way that seems so out of reach uh, because of the way that the, the PR and stuff works with it, which I think is understandable because it's an entertainment industry. So one of the things this show does yeah. is to help humanize uh, people who are on here. And one of the things that I found about you that I thought was kind of a good starting point, um, and we're gonna we're gonna jump around here. We'll talk about some stuff related to esports, some stuff not. Um, but one of the things that I found out about you is that lighting and design was something that was a viable career option at one point where you were thinking about uh, if esports doesn't ever work out. What's the story behind that? Where does that come from? Also, my green screen lighting yeah. is probably garbage. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So that's one thing that's pretty, uh, it's not too well known. I'm actually not sure how you would have found it out. I maybe tweeted it at some point, but, um, I'm, I'm very, I will say I'm very thorough with the research that I do do. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I was coming out of high school, uh, I had like a little bit of a rebellious phase at the end of high school and it kind of turned into, um, like I really wanted to do stuff in music production. I had like a really, really huge passion in music and I, I still do. Um, so I was going to school for, for different things in the, the music industry. Like I, I went to a community college for literally just one year and there was one of the, um, oh, what were they called? They're like electives. Yeah. Elective classes that you could look to do. And one of them was lighting and I just did that. And I had another like a uh, sound engineering class as well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect it to be something that I actually enjoyed, but the whole, like lighting design thing. I ended up spending like hours after class. Cause they had, they had like this big theater where they just had, um, like a, a lighting console. It was a, it was a grand, uh, I don't know if it's actually pronounced. I can't remember if it was grand MA two or people just literally called it grandma or whatever. Um, but it, that was just a lighting console they had there for us to use. And I would just like design stuff on the theater stage that I thought was cool. And I just messed around with it and tried to figure out how it worked. And I was, it was something I was actually really, really interested in. And just lights in general has always been something I'm kind of like passionate about. 
Um, everything's like everything we see is due to light. Every, the way we perceive everything is due to light. That's just really interesting to me. Like you can just mess with people's perceptions of things based on lighting and anything like that. Um, and of course, in like live shows, lighting is one of the biggest things that happens. Like yeah. you, you see at festivals, like anything like in league, obviously in like esports right now, EDM's the big thing. Everybody goes to their fucking raves and stuff. You know, it's just a light show. Like the music is one thing, and like the sound is obviously great, but it's mainly just everyone's messed up they're looking at lights and stuff and they're just having a good time and like i think that's just a really really cool thing that i've always had a big interest in and uh yeah it was something i was actually pursuing at first when i got into league of legends i was actually kind of planning on um so i wanted to be a player but i also wanted to be involved in some way with uh like just a live production team and yeah. i thought like okay i i'm pretty decent at league I could probably get a job doing something in League of Legends, and then when that like eventually falls out, I could work like with Riot doing like their live production stuff that they do for like LCS and stuff. Because I was a huge fan of watching that. Yeah. Um. So that was just like a little small like, pipe dream thing that eventually could have uh, popped up in the future, maybe. But um, yeah, that that was one of the weird things that kind of got me into doing more stuff seriously with League of Legends, surprisingly. But yeah, th- then I ended up coaching, and that that's kind of uh, faded away for now. Yeah, and then there was the the down tunnel rabbit of uh, forever in your life. So you mentioned that you had a rebellious phase, which makes me want to ask a, a couple questions about like growing up and stuff like that. So uh, you were born in the United States. Where were where were yeah. you born in the United States? Because I wasn't able to uh, find that out. Normally, that is something I find I, out all the time. Yeah, I was born in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay, it's right in the middle, right in the middle of the state, in the most uh, boring place in the world. It's actually nicknamed Greensboring by the hilarious people of North Carolina. You, you sound like you have a lot of resentment for that area. Cause it sounds like a very, oh, like, like bad, like, sucks. okay. So I went to, I grew up in upper Michigan. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been to Michigan, but I grew up in the UP part that everyone forgets is actually there. Cause they only think of mm-hmm. Detroit. Um, but there's, there's nothing up there. Like all people do is drink. That is basically it. We have hills, yeah. snow and drinking. Um, so when you, when you talk about it like that, it, it kind of reminds me of being back home and how some people are like, Oh yeah, this is, a terrible everyone knows each other you have to be here all the time yeah. and there there's nothing there um so yeah. uh first of all uh, how old are you because i actually couldn't find that out either so oh um i'm 24 i'll be 25 uh next month actually oh nice march 8th i did know i did find that out so yeah, that's, yeah. On your, that's on your twitter uh-huh. so um but uh so you grew up uh, we're actually relatively close in age i just turned 27 recently though i look 12 um so growing up in North Carolina, what was that like for you? That was all right. I mean, it was just kind of boring. Um, I don't think I'm the type of person to stick around in the same place for too long. And I could definitely feel that as I got older. It was just pretty lame. I really did not enjoy just the fact that, that there wasn't really anything that, I don't know, I felt that was too fun in North Carolina, or at least in Greensboro, I kind of felt like I had done really everything I wanted to do. So how big and is it? Because it sounds really small, but... Like, I mean, it's it- not It's not actually, like, too small. Like, it's a, a decently sized, like, little town. Um, compared to, like, L.A., like, it's nothing. Oh, like, yeah, it's L.A. is... smaller than, like, Santa Monica in L.A., you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, like, it's a decent city. A lot of stuff is within, like, a drive. Like, I can go to the beach if I drive two hours one way. I can go to the mountains if I drive two hours another way. 
Um, so there's like stuff to do. It's just, uh, I don't know. It gets boring. I think that's just like my personality. I, I just get bored if I'm in the same place for too long and I feel like I'm not really, you know, exploring too much. No, that makes, I mean, you've traveled, you've got to travel like a, a ton now. Um, yeah. so that, that makes sense. Like you've been all over the place. Um, so yep. do, do you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, nope. No Only siblings child. at all. Okay. Yeah. Only child. Um, so you, you mentioned, uh, that you were a person who likes to, uh, travel a lot. Does that mean that, uh, growing up during school that you, did you have a lot of really close friends or were you mostly like acquaintances? Cause I know for me going through school, most of the people were just acquaintances and afterwards I didn't talk to any of them, which is actually fairly common, but. Um, yeah, I actually had basically the same friend group all the way from middle school, like from sixth grade uh, or seventh grade. I mean, um, there's like this just click of mine. Basically we all grew up through high school. Some of us like grew apart. We don't really talk too much anymore. Um, but I still meet up with those guys from, um, like whenever I go home, like we always hang out and do stuff together. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I had a tight knit group. I had like a bunch of people, I guess I was acquaintances with in high school. Uh, just from like the classes I was doing, all of my elective classes and stuff. Um, but I don't really keep up with them too, too much anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so were you, uh, you, so knowing you now, like my, even though this, yeah. this, this is making a huge assumption that is not necessarily true. I'm going to state that right now. Um, uh, like <laughs> looking at you now and the type of person, like you, you portray yourself to me, I'd be like, Oh, th- this was definitely a popular kid growing up in school. This was the, this was the kid you wanted <laughs> to be. He was a little bit rebellious. No. Nah, 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 definitely not. I was, uh, okay. In middle school, close kind of a little bit, but not really. I went to like a super fucking nerdy middle school. Um, it was one of like the magnet school things, you know? So like being the cool kid in the magnet school, it's just like, all right, whatever. You're just like the cool nerd, you know? Um, but in high school, no, definitely not. No, I was a little, uh, I was a loser pretty much (laughs) in high school. Um, I was just that kid who did ROTC, uh, did well in classes, didn't really talk to anyone. Um, actually, like the way I speak is like super monotone. Uh, was just like from how high school is going for me. I like basically shut off when I got into high school. I still don't even really know what happened. I just like mentally shut off and just went full robot mode whenever I was in my classes and just like didn't really talk to people, never had emotion. And then it just kind of stayed like that. Like it's just kind of hung on there and like i can break it sometimes but it's actually really difficult i like very easily fall into just like a robot mode where i'm just like monotone like hey what's up it's nick uh this is me just being myself and i just like no emotion it just feels like i'm just a lifeless corpse you know um so yeah that was me in high school so i mean you're not really going to be the popular kid in high school if you're acting like that you know yeah, that I, I could see that. So uh, you mentioned uh, ROTC. Was military something that you were considering then, like, as uh, a choice afterwards? Because I know I wanted to do military, yeah. but they do not take people who have missing fingers uh, at the current time when <laughs> I did it. Um, I didn't even know you were missing a finger. Know, most people don't notice, but it's they're, they're gone. Um, so. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't accept people with missing fingers. Might yeah. <laughs> might be problematic in wartime, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, I was uh, – I was planning to join the military. Like I, I got into ROTC, yeah. um, specifically planning. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be in the Marines. I'm planning to go to Naval Academy. Um, you, you wanted to be a, a Marine. Damn, you were shooting. Yeah. You were like- yeah. I mean, my like ROTC instructor, Gunner Sergeant uh, Sweeney, he was a, uh, he's a hella cool guy. 
Uh, I really looked up to him a lot. He's like one of my big role models as a kid. Um, yeah, definitely kind of pointed me in that direction. I was definitely on the path to do that. Um, I was like through my whole process with going to Naval Academy. Um, yeah, I was like, I did my, I passed my physical test. I did the whole like, oh man, they had to do so much shit to get into that thing. Just to like get your appointment you had to like do certain essays. You had to get references from certain people. You had to go through like an interview process. It was the dumbest thing ever. And I got through all of that. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. <laughs> there, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened during that time, but where my brain was just like, nah, I'm not really feeling this anymore. And I just kind of like stopped. But that was my initial plan was going through with that. Uh, I was super committed to that and it was, uh, kind of my life plan until things kind of like just exploded and then, all right, not doing that anymore, finding something else in my like last year of high school. Yeah. That, what, what was that explosion that happened that changed everything? Oh, you, it's the dumbest thing ever. It is it's, quite it's possibly not. the it's probably stupid not. thing ever. Okay. So I'm going through high school. I'm doing literally everything people have told me for, for years to do, making sure I'm always on point with it, always making sure I'm focused on homework, getting like perfect grades. So I'm like a straight A student, straight a student through um, middle school, high school. I'm in the IB program, all AP classes, all IB classes, um, focused on that. I'm an Eagle Scout. Uh, Damn. <laughs> I was doing ROTC. I was the commanding officer of my ROTC unit. Um, I was doing fucking everything. And then I didn't get accepted to the University of Texas at Austin. Um, and I got fucking pissed. I was so pissed off. I was like, what the fuck else do you need me to do? Like, well, what do I have to do to prove that I'm just a better qualified student than anyone else? Like, I listened to everyone for so long. And I was listening to doing all of this. And was basically told that if you do this, you'll be successful. You'll be able to go wherever you want for college. So I did all of it. Didn't get it. I never got to do sports in high school because I was focused on that. And I really fucking love sports. Um, and then, yeah, all of this combined, I was just like super pissed. So I just go to school. I'm just really just so angry and like, I don't want to do anything. Um, and then I had this like dumb thing with like a girl I had a crush on where that didn't work out. Cause I was just a huge fucking loser. Um, and at that point it just like, my just brain was gone. I was just like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I don't want to fuck with school anymore. Um, I actually ended up running away from home in the middle of English class. And I drove from North Carolina to New York. Uh, over a week, I just like ditched. It's just like, I'm not fucking doing this shit. I'm just going to go find something else to do. Um, awful decision. Like, obviously, huge asshole to my parents. Apologize so much to them that this is just the worst thing ever I could do to them. Um, but it was ultimately pretty good for me to just like reset and realize um, kind of like what I wanted to do and that I wanted to just completely break away from listening to what people were telling me to do. So, what did you do in New York for a week? Like you're 18 or maybe, you might not even been 18. You might've been 17. Yeah, I was, I was, I was 17. I was 17 at the time. Yeah. Cause it was November of, um, 2012. So yeah, I was, I was 17. Um, so you just, you just hop in your, you're like, fuck this. You get in your car and you start driving and you're like, I'm just going to go to New York. Yeah. Like do you have family yeah. there? Do you have, no, I didn't know anyone there. I just, uh, I thought it'd be really cool to see New York. Um, <laughs> so I just started driving. And just kind of drove through random places. I had been to DC before, so I kind of remembered like where to drive around in DC, which is really strange. Like I didn't expect that to remember strange. anything. 
there, and but DC's like, I have a pretty crazy. good memory. I've, I've driven through DC. Yeah, no, the, DC's the, insane. It's insane. Like if people I, um, think LA traffic is bad, DC, there just there are no rules on those roads. Yeah. So like we had taken an ROTC trip to DC before, and I had, um, I just like naturally pay attention to things to try to like remember like escape paths from places because I'm just a fucking absolute idiot and so i kind of remembered where we parked for a certain subway line to go to the uh arlington national cemetery uh because there's like a parking lot like right next to um the line there so i had found that place parked there and i just like went around dc like on the metro system and then just went back to my truck and then just drove to i went through baltimore after that and then i think that's the order it was i think i went through because i can't remember DC goes first, and then you go into Maryland, so I'm just Baltimore, and I ended up in um, New York from there. And I, I don't know. There wasn't even anything really to do in New York. I, I drove into New York by accident. Um, like, obviously, I wanted to go there, but I didn't realize that when I went through this tunnel that was going to go, uh, it was like in New Jersey, and it go into a tunnel. Didn't expect that it was just going to go straight into the city. I thought I was going to have to do like more than that, or I'd have a way to like turn around so I could like park before I go in because I wanted yeah. to take like a subway or something. No, I just end up paying like a fucking huge toll to go into the city, and then I'm just a green truck in the middle of the city, like just driving around. Uh, I just feel so out of place, and it's the most hectic place to drive through ever. It feels so insane. I've heard New York um, is also worse than LA. Oh, it's really bad. Like I don't driving there should not be a thing that you do. It's really nuts. Um, I thankfully got out of there and then just like left. I actually didn't do anything in New York. I just drove there and I was like, I really don't want to be here. And I just left and just started driving around like back down south and everything. Um, but it was actually during like the Occupy protests that were happening at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was in Washington, uh, I actually was just, I decided to like walk through it just to see what it was all about. Uh, that was the dumbest shit ever. That was, that was fucking funny from, from what you see that was on the news and then what was actually happening there. It yeah. didn't really seem like anything was happening. It was just, it was just a bunch of dudes hanging out just with tents. I was like, all right, well, this was really hyped up and there's nothing there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting time. It was definitely, uh, definitely one to remember that I should definitely not do again. Well, it was I mean- a fun experience good learning experience i suppose at the very like yeah. better to learn that 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 early or not so um your parents you mentioned that you you do definitely apologize to them um what were, what were yeah. your parents like growing up are they together still because most people a lot of people i talk to parents separated my parents are twice separated so they're triple divorced um yeah damn um unlucky. yeah uh, my um my parents split when I was, I think it was two. I don't remember. I was like, okay, I turned two or something. So I was like super young. So mm-hmm. I grew up, um, I would visit my mom on weekends for the most part. And then I stayed with my dad and my stepmom. Um, but no, they were chill growing up. My, my dad's always just been like a super great guy. Uh, I really look up to him. Like he's, he's a great person. Um, my stepmom was more of like getting me to actually like do things school wise. Um, so she actually really helped me a lot focusing on school and trying to keep me like on a good path of that stuff. And then my mom was the same way. Um, she was really focused on me being successful and wanted me to do really well in life. Um, so they're always super supportive as a kid. 
So <laughs> running away you? was definitely not on oh, them. Oh, yeah. No, I, I <laughs> yeah. imagine that you got, if you didn't get your ass reaped out after that, I would be, I'd be like, like, like I was so worried about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they definitely were mad at me. I yelled at them back and forth, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so, they, they understood afterwards. They were just yeah. happy I was uh, safe. Yeah, I mean, so. Oh, oh, we did you did you call them the entire time? Like, hey, I'm safe. Don't worry about me. Or did you just not call them for a week? Oh, I text them. Like, okay. I text them to let them know. I was like, hey, I'm just doing this thing. Don't worry about me. Uh, okay. But obviously, like, if you're a fucking yeah. parent, like, you're gonna be worried. Like, what the hell? Like, my kid just ran away. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I kept in touch with them to let them know I was good. Thank so. God for cell phones. Uh, so you, you yeah. seem like you mentioned like going through AP classes and being an art. You sound like a very, very, very good student, which reflecting on my own uh, studies seems very sad. Uh, what do your parents do? Because they obviously they seem to be a huge motivation in your life. Uh, what did they do? Um, well, my dad's a mechanic. Uh, he's been working in the same. He actually just like left his job to go do it, work at a different mechanic place. But before then, he'd been working there since he was like 17 um so they've been doing that <laughs> he's been doing that thing forever um and my stepmom i still don't know what uh what's it what it's called she's not an architect but she like when people are building buildings they have yeah. the spreadsheets or whatever and she basically checks to make sure they're good mm-hmm. and that everything's correct and that they're the right amount of steel or whatever parts oh, okay. and then approves it and then ships it off i don't know what that job is called i've never really bothered to learn it something I, I, don't, I don't fucking know um and then my mom's been bouncing around a lot of different jobs but she's mainly done stuff as like an accountant so what was the the, the drive for you like growing up that was like do do it in school because you mentioned that you 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 really loved sports but you didn't ever pursue that mm-hmm. what what was it that convinced you that hey i i you can't do this sports thing um because you should be doing all these other things uh, the not doing sports thing was mainly, uh, because I have asthma, um, oh. or at least as a kid, like that was like a big problem. Um, I was like hospitalized for it when I was a kid cause something happened with like, uh, just playing sports with the kids in the neighborhood and stuff. Um, but yeah, my, my parents just really wanted me to actually have a lot of focus on doing well in school. Cause I, especially like for my dad, he was like, I don't want you to end up like having to do what I'm doing where you're like working from the age of like 18 onwards and like you're just paycheck to paycheck and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of like push on that and they just wanted me to be in a better spot than them, you know? And I just trusted that. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm cool with that. I don't want to be a mechanic. I'm down. <laughs> and just kind of, just kind of listen to him, you know? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Though I will say, uh, mechanics where I'm from, uh, they charge like $85 an hour for labor. So, I mean, my dad insane. is definitely not doing the $85 an hour for labor thing for sure. I'm sure he would love to have that. But yeah, yeah. I need to, I need to see your dad then for my car repairs. Coming yeah. up. Um, so you mentioned one of the things is you went to go see the, the occupied Democrats. So, and growing up, you went through, uh, I would say that probably both of us, you, you were a little bit more involved with, uh, cause Obama would have been in office for both of us. Um, so, like, you, mm. you've seen a lot of uh, political shifts, and you, when 9-11 happened, you would have probably been in, like, third grade, um, I'm guessing, maybe second. Uh, I think it's second I think or third. So. So, so you've seen I a lot of... Around then, yeah. yeah. Or seven. 
I think. Yeah. yeah seven. Yeah. Uh, so you, you've seen a lot of like uh, political shifts happen. Um, and yep. it, I think it's kind of funny because if you look at esports, you see a lot of politics that happen there too. So no matter what you yeah. do, you cannot really avoid any of uh, the politics. What has kind of your stance been on uh, on that? Like, how, how do you view the subjects? How do you, how do you handle those? Um, where do you feel like you do you feel? Are you someone who feels that people should be speaking out, should not be speaking out? Where do you stand? Uh, like, should people just be speaking out on like what they believe in and stuff? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Uh, I mean, I think people always should. I think it's not a bad thing to be very vocal about what you believe in, like whether it's right or wrong. Um, as long as people are willing to like have actual conversations about what they believe in and then actually be willing to listen to people. That's, that's one thing I've noticed is a lot of people, they like to put their opinion out there and then definitely don't want to hear what people have to say in return. It's like, oh, fuck you. Whatever you're saying, man, is completely wrong. Um, I'm correct. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, obviously, like, North Carolina's in the south. Yep. So it was, like, super heavy right-leaning place growing up. Um, Greensboro is actually one of the more, like, left-leaning areas um, of the state. Um, but I was, like, in the country part, like, right outside of it. I just went to school in Greensboro. So I had, like, a very mixed bag of experiences. And obviously, growing up around the Internet, you get more of, like, different things around people's political leanings and stuff. Um so I definitely had a, a variety of ways to to form my opinions about things, and thankfully my uh, my growing up with my parents was definitely not them just teaching me to be extremely on the radical side of what can come from the deep south beliefs of things because obviously some really bad stuff there. Yeah. Um, so I I think I'm a pretty pretty like evenly headed person. I'm pretty open to people's ideas and hearing about things, and I've never been a too radical on either end i think and i imagine that's beneficial like looking at coaching too and working with teams because that's something that i've noticed if you're not willing to like listen to people it can be a very very bad uh oh yeah you're just you're doomed from the beginning if you can't listen to people pretty much yeah so uh going through school uh you didn't ever get to play sports did you ever hold any resentment to that because when you talk about it like I, and especially when you turned 18, I, I imagine that there was definitely some resentment. But even up until yeah. or up until that point, were you ever like, this really, really sucks and this is what I want to do? And do you feel like like gypped out of missing something that uh, would have been a great experience? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it was kind of my choice and kind of not. Like, obviously, when my parents pulled me out of doing stuff or they kind of dissuaded me yeah. from doing things with sports with the asthma thing, like, I got it. Like, I understood. It's like, yeah, it's probably good. Um, but I, I would have liked to have been doing more physical stuff and doing stuff with sports. Like, I felt like I was really good at football. Um, I really enjoyed playing football with friends and stuff. Um, and I wanted to do something with that. But at, at the same time, you know, it's just, uh, eh, what can you do? wasn't the end of the world i kind of just replaced doing sports with playing video games uh i competed in like game battles tournaments whenever i could at home i'd just come home from school and just get on with my friends and just play tournaments try to make some money you know um yeah it's just for fun but i definitely wish i could have done football like, looking back i really really would have enjoyed playing football i think i would have been really good at it i'm just like a super competitive person um and i just needed that like competitive outlet with something that's why like i think when the college thing like i didn't get into one college it pissed me off so much because like education kind of became my competition and i wanted to just be able to apply anywhere and get it and that's me like winning and then i just saw that as like i lost i was really pissed so 
It's, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have some questions later about uh, some of that uh, thought process because it's gonna that's gonna jump back into the esports. So I'm gonna I'm gonna save some of that yeah. uh, uh, for later. So um, growing up, school seems like it was it was fairly good. It doesn't seem like you have uh, that many pro- other than that one instance where everything kind of hit the fucking shit hit the fan. But other mm-hmm. than that, it seems like high school was very good. So you're looking at leaving uh, high school. What what are, what are you thinking about doing? I you, it sounds like you wanted to get away. Like that sounds like it was yeah. something on your mind. So what are you thinking when you, when you graduate and you, you don't get into school? Did you apply to other schools? Did you say, fuck it, I'm done with school completely? Um, I had applied to other schools and I got into all the other ones. Um, I was just too pissed that I said I don't want to go to any of these colleges. Uh, like, um, So I just decided not to go to any of them. And I just instead did a community college thing. So I went to Guilford Technical Community College, which is just the local community college everybody ragged on for being bad but it's just like oh they had a course i wanted to try so i just did that um and then i started working at my uh my stepmom's place doing um very 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 basic just like bookkeeping stuff it was the dumbest job ever Uh, i had to work i I basically worked full-time doing it um but i could finish all my work like one hour into the day and it was just my boss didn't didn't know anything about computers he didn't know how to do any of this stuff so he just needed someone to do it for him and he didn't know how long it would take so i was just like i'm chilling here for an hour and just pretending to work just tapping away at my keyboard doing whatever i could find to do that sucked and then then i ended up working at a uh a restaurant and that that also sucked i've worked at a lot of restaurants yeah that, that eventually led to me just like wanting to move somewhere like just move somewhere completely different and just try to do something else so so where'd you head off to uh i ended up moving to florida actually i moved <laughs> to orlando uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of crazy shit that happens yeah like i could choose literally <laughs> anywhere in the world to move to you and i moved to florida, florida? um i did uh, have like family like my um okay. grandparents on my mom's side um, they retired, so they're living in Florida like every other fucking retired couple does. Um, so it was like fairly close to them. So I knew if I ran into trouble, like, hey, at least I have family there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I moved to Orlando and just tried. I tried to find like so many um, different job opportunities that might actually help me. Like the original thought process was that, okay, if I'm in Orlando, there's a lot of entertainment stuff around here, obviously due to like Disney and um, uh, whatever the other one, Universal Studios, all that stuff around there that there's probably something I can get like an entertainment gig somewhere doing like lighting stuff, something like that. Um, Nothing really panned out with that. It was actually like pretty hard to get really anything, which looking back like, yeah, no shit, dude. It's probably a place a lot of people look for jobs like that that are probably a lot more qualified than you. Um, so, yeah, I was just chilling in Orlando doing basically just like dumb work, just whatever job I could find, just existing while playing League of Legends in Orlando. That was really it. Yeah, okay, and so I, I, I mentioned that in 2015 you kind of got your start. You actually did yeah. – I, I read something that said you did work with uh, Dignitas EU first. Um, mm-hmm. it, it depends on where you look kind of for that. Uh, was that the first team that you worked with is Dignitas EU? Um, so it, the first team – I was going to say, or is it Pride Z? So Prides was – there was one before Prides. So I – while I was in Florida working at that – ropes course thing or whatever i was doing like very minor amounts of like individual work with this guy named dan 
Um, it was just a challenger jungler in the UK. And he had like a UK team there. I was like helping him individually. He ended up leaving that team and going to form one called Prides, basically. It was like just one we made. Um, God, who was on that team? I think that was the team with... Um, it was Beansu, Dan, and then a bunch of other guys. And we just played some like tournaments. I think we did well in them. And then Mouse Sports was getting rid of like their people on their on their roster and they were going to get Dan's team. And while all that was happening, I was also cuz like I didn't know what was going to happen with Dan and like prize. I had no idea, so it was just doing it with a friend. Um the guy that I got linked up with that got me that job with Dan in the first place was helping out Dignitas EU. And so I like just shadowed him for a bit and like talked with those guys like very very briefly. Um it was actually how I like met Wonder and um everyone like Simcox Kabe on that team um so it was like a very small thing I had the option to join Diggy U to join Mouse Sports when all of this happened uh which is actually how I got my name Anero uh because I was just trying to figure out what the hell my name would be and it was like all right if I'm joining Dignitas I'm joining it for the money just because like I I could use money and it would be a good experience for a good team or I'm joining Mouse Sports to like stay by my friend and like stick with him and try to like build something cool with him. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up joining mouse sports, but kept the name an arrow, uh, which is just meant to be D an arrow yeah. for money in Spanish. Yeah. And then I just became mouse an arrow. And yeah, so that, that was mouse sports was like, I think my first legitimate team, everything before that was just kind of like, yeah, we're scrimming, but it's not really a team. It's like the most amateur version of an amateur team possible, really. Yeah. Um, so, so looking through, you had a, you had a very interesting, I would say, career. You've had some of the biggest maybe ups and downs that uh, a lot yeah. of people had, like f- scandal. Scandal wise, you were like, yeah. <laughs> you were on the fucking the ball there for scandals, dude. Uh, and yeah. like. It's not even that they're your fault. So you you move from LC Sports to to go to Dream Team. So I I, I want to talk about that for a little bit because then it leads into obviously Tainted Minds um, and that whole scenario. Which you know what's actually hilarious about Tainted Minds is there's probably a lot of people who don't even know about it anymore because they're like yeah. like relatively new to the scene. Whereas if you've been following the scene uh, for a long time, not, like that was like huge and it's hilarious because when you think of things like players unions and uh, like friends and some of the contract stuff that we have now it's kind of hilarious that some of that stuff ever happened um yeah. but that's going to lead into some philosophical stuff so briefly what was what was dream team like uh i mean the experience itself like with the players wasn't bad <laughs> like i actually enjoyed working with them for mm-hmm. it like it, it was a cool experience it was my first like um i don't know if it's like my first real challenger experience because Obviously, like it's uh, in Europe, I was in EU Challenger Series, yeah. but everything in Europe was much more amateur version yeah. at the time. Like it was all remote. Like we tried to get a gaming house, but we didn't actually end up in one, which is why I ended up leaving Mouse Sports in the first place, is because I just didn't have a place to live anymore. It's like I, I can't be on your team if I can't live here. Um, so going to Dream Team is like my first experience in a gaming house. Uh, so that was like really cool to me. I was like, holy shit, this is it. Like I'm, I'm finally gonna be in a gaming house. This is really what, what, insane. 
when we think of gaming houses now, you see gaming houses that are like multi mansion, multi million yeah. dollar. What what kind of what kind of gaming house could we look at back in 2016? I mean, it's just like you're in a suburb where there's like 500 houses that all look the same. Like there's so many suburbs like that in in uh, like the California area. Yeah, it was just one house in a neighborhood there, and uh. Yeah, I mean, I I go to the house. It's a house with like, there's no, the grass hasn't been cut. Like, it's just not really taken care of because it's a bunch of gamers. No one gives a shit, man. No yeah. one cares how the house looks outside. I open the door. There's just, <laughs> the place is just gross. Like, it's just nasty. And I'm like, all right. I actually spent my first day at Dream Team cleaning everything. Like, I just cleaned the house. I washed all the dishes and stuff. And I remember, oh uh, I think it was Cody or Peckin was just like, you know, it's just going to be, uh, just like dirty again tomorrow right it's like i don't, I don't care two man. days like, I can't. did it did it last yeah. two days or did it last three it, it, it lasted a little bit it, okay. it, it was pretty bad though like the whole house is pretty gross um but no i mean the experience of the players was cool it was definitely uh, eye-opening to me that all right esports is a a little bit of a mess it's definitely not what it looks like on the outside to a lot of people and yeah. uh yeah i mean it wasn't too bad it was just, I think I'm the type of guy who is more willing to call out bullshit and try to get it fixed than a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of people would rather just roll with it. Like, don't cause too much of a stir. Like, hey, man, it's not my place that this is messed up. I can still work and do this. And for me, it's just like, yeah, I don't think this is good. I think we should actually be like fixing this shit. And that's kind of what I learned from the Dream Team thing is like, after the fact, is like, all right, instead of just quitting, and like leaving this whole situation even though like it's fucked for me is like i should try to actually be doing more to fix it for players um so it's kind of like a big wake-up call for me is like i don't want to do it this way uh because i felt like i kind of just ditched the team when it happened it's just like i i left because like the the owner was kind of messing me around Mm -hmm. and i wasn't getting paid and i was supposed to get paid and the situation was just super fucked which thankfully eventually got solved um but yeah, I mean, I was just mad on my end. I just ditched. I didn't really do much to help the players other than like complain to Riot about it. But then I realized like Riot can't really do too much about it. Like at the time they couldn't because it's all like yeah. on the contractual end of things. Like they, they can't interfere with it because of liability reasons. Um, so like I kind of learned that coming from it. I was like, I should do more to like call this stuff out and go about it a different way if this type of thing happens. So that way, like there can be progress and the community can kind of like out this type of thing and get rid of it. Yeah. And what's, what's kind of hilarious is you go from, go from dream team, um, which you had some issues there and God forbid it could get any worse. You then go from dream team to tainted minds, which was a clusterfuck. From like everything that eventually like came out and people can go and read like all, all the different like articles that are out there on there because there's a lot of them. Uh, you're more than welcome uh, to, to do that. Um, but so uh, uh, like 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 we were saying uh, just a second ago, you, you were at Dream Team, which was located in California. Um, and then your next team, which is a kind of clusterfuck situation, is definitely not located in California. Okay. It, yeah. th- they were located in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. it was uh, in Sydney, Australia. It was Tainted Minds. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, you, you leave Dream Team. And what is the first thought of like, oh, you know where I want to go? I want to go to Australia. Or was there just <laughs> nothing in NA? Did you not have any offers in NA? 
Or EU um, for that matter. So I didn't have offers in NA. I was actually just considering, like, I don't really want to be involved in this if it's not consistent. Like, I, I kind of started to believe, like, what my parents were saying with things and, like, understood that, yeah, this might not be a reliable pathway for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I got reached out to by someone in Australia about, like, looking for team stuff. And I was actually, like, connected through Raz, who, like, mm-hmm. I had known from DigiU, the caster. Um, and then, yeah, it was, like, a possible opportunity. I was like, okay, this could be pretty cool. Um like I was pretty passionate about trying to help the amateur scene with stuff. And I was like kind of my main focus because I had had LCS offers in the past when I was in Europe. Um, so I was pretty interested in doing that. And I was like, okay, like I could go to Australia, like probably bring some NA players with me. And then off of that could probably bring a majority of that team over afterwards to North America and then try to get them to qualify for challenger series through that and maybe that would be something cool that i could do and that could be my way of like trying to like help better the scene and do something important mm-hmm. um obviously it didn't work out like that at all they didn't even come close to working like that it didn't last even a split but yeah so um you go from tainted minds okay and you go from there and you go to echo fox um yeah so the scene is very weird because you mentioned that you didn't have any na offers granted academy was kind of starting to to pick up a lot more by that time uh what made Echo Fox uh, reach out to you? Or did they have open applications you submitted? Like, how did you get in touch with Echo Fox and start? Because you worked your way up. You started with their academy and then you worked up to um, being the, the head coach of Echo Fox. What was what was that transition like getting in there all the way through? Because people, I, I will say yeah. that it's putting yourself a lot of the right places. Like, I think I interviewed with three league teams in 2016, 2017 before I, and I, I made it through like last round of interviews. Then I moved to, uh, I got an interview with an Overwatch team. So it's definitely a lot of luck getting into teams. Um, but like, oh, yeah. like, what was your experience like doing it? Because you mentioned you didn't have any 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 NA offers. And then you get picked up mm-hmm. by Echo Fox. Um, so during my time, like between Mouseport and Dream Team, I had helped out some uh, like friends just in their attempt to try to get into Challenger Series. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the players on the team, it was like a team of Shorter Race, Brandini, yeah. and uh, a couple of other guys. Uh, I helped them out for a little bit. Brandini ended up on Echo Fox Academy. Um, and so he was just like asking for help with stuff at the time. So I was like, yeah, I can help. And eventually ended up being a thing. Like I, I could go there and try to get um, a spot on the team. And like, really, really what ended up happening with the process is I flew to LA from Australia kind of just waited in the airport for a bit. Like, all right, I'm here. If you want to try me out, like this is the time to try me out. I'm in LA. Like I'm going to be going home. I didn't have like a ticket for home or anything. I was just chilling in LA. It's just kind of like a power play on my part. Just be like, yeah, if you want, if you want to try me, like now's the time just kind of ended up going to their house and then stayed in their house for the next two months. Uh, then ended up on their team. Um, it was very you interesting. Like, you, were, uh, you were like hoboing in their house. <laughs> Like kind of like they they obviously allowed me like they yeah. they wanted me to to help with the academy team so I was just like there helping with the academy team, um, just helping them do the stuff. I helped them qualify. I just did. I really didn't do it too much. I was there for such a short amount of time. Like there's not going to be a huge impact you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, while I was there, I just they just ended up reaching out to me like from the the staff side of Echo Fox like. Yeah, we're letting go of our staff while they're in Korea. It's like, are you interested in being the head coach for Echo Fox? It's like, I mean, it's not really what I came here for. Like, I wanted to focus on the academy stuff. But yeah, like, I, I can do that if you need me to. Um, 
then he had, <laughs> it was really random. It was not well planned out, not well set up. So I had like a few days to try to put together my staff for it. And then that's what you got with a uh, 2017 summer Echo Fox, really. Yeah. And so, uh, you, you stayed with Echo Fox, uh, for, for, for a while. Um, but then you actually yeah. ended up quitting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's quitting. Uh, esports is very weird with uh, quitting it slash quitting. mutual yeah. letting go slash. Yeah. So, so what was it that made you you quit? What was the shift? Because you're someone who phil- philosophically you seem to care more about um, the way things are run and taken care of, and you have a really big passion from the the little bit I've talked to you and the stuff that I've read about things being done right. And if they're not going to be done right, then you don't want to be part of it. And that's yeah. from an outside perspective. That's that's what it kind of sounds like happened. Is something wasn't being done that met your moral or your your belief system, and you were like, "Okay, guys, we either change this or I'm out." And it sounds like it was yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, it's not even to say that like what they were doing was wrong or something. Yeah. I just I, I didn't agree with it, and like I, I wanted to do things differently. And the way I thought of it is like if this is how you guys want to do things, like I need to respect that that's what you guys want to do. And I don't think this is a job for me. And like, if you guys don't want to fire me from that, because I disagree with you, it's like, for me, I feel like the best thing is like, I should quit. I should quit, go do my own thing. And you guys should focus on like building this with staff that actually believe in like what you're wanting to do with this and the way you're trying to approach it, because that's not me. Um, so yeah, like I just met with the, um, the president. I was just like, I, I don't think this is like working. Like, I don't think this is good for me like i don't think this is good for you guys like i i don't think we're on the same page and like you should have someone else do it like you have another guy here who could do it just as well if he better fits what you have so like you should go that way um so we just talked about it for a bit and it was just like yeah okay we'll go with this so i put in like my two weeks notice i just hung out kind of helped transition the team for that two weeks onto um think card at the time who was the guy working uh with me while i was on echo fox that whole year and um yeah then i was gone I was not planning on coming back to esports at all. I was just like, I, I think this is, isn't the thing for me. I think I should uh, go do some other things I'm passionate about because I don't really like where the industry and everything is at right now. And I don't think it was uh, the best place for me to be working in that I would be happy in. Yeah. And I know that from a mental health perspective, I can understand that a lot because a lot of things that happen related to mental health, like I hear things or I see things and it just drives me insane. I'm just like, how, how does this happen? Um, so yeah. I, I can definitely kind of relate to that in some aspects. Um, but I think really delving into like your philosophy is kind of where I want to head next. Um, cause that, that's something that seems to be really important to you, um, is your kind of like, uh, the philosophy and the way that you handle things. So what is your philosophy with esports with coaching? Cause that's primarily what we've been doing is coaching. So what is, what is your philosophy that you think the scene should be going into? I mean, I don't think there's like a huge philosophy that I have really, or like, I don't even know how to like say what it is. I just think esports needs to be doing a lot more with people from, I guess for like the league side, the academy level, the like amateur level yeah. to actually build like good habits. Like there's going to be a lot of guys that have been in esports for a while that are going to have very just um, defined habits that they're happy with and that they're not really going to move away too much from because there's no reason for them to. They've been successful doing it and that's natural. Like you're not going to move away yeah. from it. And you're not going to like break people from that too much. Um, and I think league needs to do a lot more and especially like North America on the build up amateur guys and the model of like what you think is correct and what you think that your 
like team structure should be and like what you want your like whole organization and team's identity to be built around. And there should be a lot more done on that. And if you're not approaching it like that, your success is going to be very uh, inconsistent. It's just going to work based on if you happen to spend enough to get your players and to get like guys that are just individually good enough to carry you to, to find success. Um, and I've kind of found like a lot of teams aren't really willing to, to commit something That's like that long term. I was going to say is that was going to bring my yeah. next question is, do you think from my experience, and this, this goes back kind of to mental health is mental health is almost always a long-term thing. It is not a short-term thing, yeah. right? You don't fix mental health issues in a short-term period of time. Most of the time. Okay. There are, yeah. there are some cases to this, but most of the time it's long-term and you're looking at the longevity and growth of, of an individual. Um, and in my yeah opinion, uh, I would say that esports most of the time is a short-term game, right? They're, they're playing for the yep. short-term most of the time, and I don't know if it does play for the long-term. And I haven't seen a team that really has convinced me that the long-term longevity of both players and building the scene is something they even care about. Yeah, I mean, it. it's definitely more short-term, like you're saying. Um, teams kind of need success now like they need to see it now like i i need to win as an organization we need this whatever you're doing uh we don't care what you're planning if it results in wins we're happy if it doesn't we're not happy um which i can respect if you're short term like i get it i get why organizations would be like that like there's no guarantee that esports is going to be a long-term thing um, obviously having short-term success is important to like garnering fans, which is the only way to have any sort of income right now yep. or any sort of revenue in esports. is if you have a bunch of fans, um, cause you know, you're not getting much on the monetization side from, nope. from like riot overwatch league blizzard, like all of that, like you're not going to get too much. So you need fans and like, that makes sense to me. I totally get that. And looking at it, I see why teams are like that, but I think when you're coming in as like a coach or you're like trying to build it as like a manager and have like this great environment to like build players up from the ground up, it's tough. It's, it's really tough to build that as a staff and actually find success with it because it, it's just not there for you. Teams don't have the time to wait on that and they don't have the patience for something like that to actually function. And I mean, it's also just hard for teams to know if like what a coach is doing is good. They have no way yeah. to know. There's no like background to say like, "Hey, I know what I'm talking about. I've done this for years." It's like I'm just a 24 year old kid. Like, for all I know, a lot of stuff I can be doing is wrong. Like, and it probably is. And I'm just trying to learn like everyone else, right? So it makes sense for teams not to commit around coaches like that, and to not want to like fully commit to like a system a coach wants to put in. Um, but I think when it's like that, it's hard for you to do much as a coach. You're you're going to be limited in the resources you have and the tools you have to actually like build these environments for players and for me like looking at that is like i can see why it's like this but i don't want to be a part of it because i think my job is ultimately useless like that right? there's, yeah. there's no need there's no need for for a coach if it's going to be like that like hey you might as well just have another manager in the room like hey guys here's here's where you're going to be today this is when you show up this is who you scrim hey have fun um and it just seems like a lot of teams are happy with like a babysitter in the room to kind of make sure everyone's not beating each other up um so with that, I was like, I was down to exit esports. It wasn't really something I wanted to be a part of if that was uh, what it was going to feel like. Mm -hmm. So uh, it sounded like I remember when uh, you you left, you made it sound like you had already had, you already had an idea of like what you wanted to do and a direction that you wanted to go into. Um, and that was, that was sidestepped by Golden Guardians. But I want to know mm. what, like my mind was blown because I had, uh, I had heard that, like when I had heard uh, 
like before it was announced, I had some people who knew that you were you were being hired and some other people. Um, and I was like, what was his cool idea, though? Because that's that's really what I want to know is what was the idea where you were like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm going to do this other thing that I'm super passionate about. What was that? Because that means more to me. Um, I was just going to try to get back into the lighting stuff. I was just going to focus on that. I was going to go to school, focus on that. Um, I could easily get work doing something like that with uh, the experience I have. So I was just going to mm-hmm. focus on doing it. It's really not too hard to like find a job doing something like that. So I was like, yeah, I can do this. That's pretty easy. Why not? Um, focus on that. Just try to go into a different career path and just kind of leave esports behind me and just be happy with what, uh, what I had already from it. Um, but yeah, then I got linked up with golden guardians. Um, how do, they kind of like, how, do, how do they convince you to come back? Because you, you have this grand philosophy yeah. that does not fit most teams. And truth be told, from an outside perspective, I don't know if it fits Golden Guardians. Um, I'm going to wait and see. If if they keep you around for a couple of years, uh, then I will believe it. But until that time lapse happens where they're not just firing people because they're not doing well, I will not believe it. I'm sorry that I'm going to be skeptical <laughs> there. Um, I mean, I can understand. I, I would understand why anyone would be skeptical of that. It's, it's esports. Um, now, the big convincer was me. It was uh, I, I had talked to Kirk. Uh, it's Kirk Lacob um, from the Warriors who actually like handles everything on this side with the esports stuff. Um, you know, I'd spoke to him and Hunter, and I had like a really good conversation with them. This was like during the time after I quit Echo Fox. Uh, I was just looking to do consulting work just to like yeah. help teams. I was like, hey, why not? Like, if you're wanting to find help with it, like I'm down to just provide some input, and that was definitely something they were looking for. Um, and Kirk's whole goal was something long term. He he really like he he knew I was looking to do like possibly something managerial if I stayed in esports at all, um, and wanted to know like why. And I spoke to him about like the reasons why and how. I was like, I don't think it's a good system for coaches with the way it is, and that if I was to stay in, I'd be able to do more as a manager um, and like find coaches and support them and like support their idea. Um, and he was talking about like yeah the way they're wanting to do things is long-term focus on making sure like we have a good system that's going to build for the future. Like even if it doesn't work now, uh, they don't care. They just want it to be something that's like, okay, we're seeing that there's growth on this aspect and that this will lead to future success. If it doesn't work now, who cares? We just want to make sure that it's going to work long-term and that we're going to see like it pay dividends over time and that we're not just like going in losing for nothing or we're going in winning, but we're only going to win one split and then just lose the next one. Um, so I really liked that idea. And then um, I was speaking with Danon a lot in the off season and I really respected like the way he approached things at C9 and, and how he was yeah. doing things there. And, you know, like when you talk to other players and stuff, you hear what they think about management and hear what they think about what people are doing. And, you know, it was just, it was just good. Like I really liked how he was. And then when I saw that he left C9 and then just join golden guardians because they were looking for a manager i was like what the hell like this is perfect this is exactly what i would want like um if it's gonna work for me this would be where it works and if it doesn't it doesn't and that's okay with me like i'm just gonna do everything i can with that opportunity um and just try to build a good system and try to build something that'll work like if it doesn't work now that's okay as long as it's something that is like gonna be provable that over time will be better and that we can create that I think that's a that's a fairly good reason. Um, it was very so, fortunate that something like that popped up. I, I feel like it's, it's very rare. Like, uh, yeah, like, yeah. like I said, it's so rare that I don't. I want to see if it happens. Like I hope it does because that would make me so happy. Yeah. For, uh, because like thing that means like 
things would just get better in a lot of other areas as well. Uh, so for me, I really do hope it does happen. But I'm, I'm just yeah. super skeptical based on what I've seen and uh, like people I've talked to and all that. So I'm skeptical. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm skeptical in a hoping matter. So uh, we talked about like long-term plans. Um, and when you talk about long-term plans and especially something we talked about earlier is like winning, right? Like that is an important aspect for all teams right now and whether or not they they gain fans, which pretty much equals dollar signs right now, any revenue to offset the cost that teams are having. So how much does winning matter if you're going for a, a long-term plan? Um, I mean, winning definitely matters now still it would be great it's very important to win now if you can um but in the like the idea of what golden guardians has and wants to build if we win now and then we lose tomorrow or something it's not good like it doesn't matter it isn't sustainable it isn't something that's going to provide long-term success which is what they want they want to build it up um so like yeah i i could go out spend a bunch of money try to get like the most amazing roster in the world and just went out and then it's like, Hey, look, we're good. But then if like our Academy system sucks and we don't have the next talent coming in oh, next year, we're screwed. Uh, we don't have anything to build off of. Um, so like they still want to win now and I would really love to win now. Like I am a competitive person. I hate losing. So like even losing now, it just pissed me off. Like it sucks so much. Um, like starting zero four for us, like that felt so bad. Um, Cause we've done so well in scrims and like we messed up on stage yeah. and like, I, I knew it could happen, but it still just like pissed me off so much. And like, I, I want the players to do good. Cause I really care about the players doing well. Yeah. Um, but I'm a competitive person. And I want to win. So seeing it happen sucks. Um, but I know like long-term is what matters. Long-term is the only goal and the only thing that really matters for us overall. And I really trust that that's what they're like behind. And that's what they mean with all of this. So uh, this kind of brings me to an. You mentioned long term, which long term brings me kind of into mental health. And one of the subjects that's been brought up in League of Legends is like free time and how people utilize free time and lot, lot, a lot, a lot. And one of the things that you've mentioned and kind of said is that uh, sometimes uh, it can be uh, a huge disadvantage having people just uh, grind and grind and grind. Obviously, because you can burn out, um, which can happen. Yeah. So uh, playing devil's advocate here, though. Um, that's true if you burn out, but if you don't, if you look at uh, like the the teams or the different cultures who have different uh, working environments and stuff like that, who who do just grind all the time, um, doesn't that put you at a distinct disadvantage if you don't grind, like to the to the very max limit? Like how how do you compensate mm-hmm. for that? Because cause what you're hoping is functionally that someone will you're you're either hoping that you're you're grinding the line you you're really at that line, um, and your players yeah. don't burn out and that if they're also grinding that they go over or they're not doing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're definitely putting in less work and it's like, you're not working at that point of like barely treading the line where you're not going to burn out and you're like playing optimally, what's good for you. Obviously Mm -hmm. you're at a disadvantage, but I think that rather than trying to find where that like happy medium is, a lot of people just default to we're playing all day, every single day and you're going to be tired and who cares? Cause you're going to win if you do it. And then you start off the season and you lose. It's like, I'm grinding for nothing. It's like my thing with school yeah. is like I did all this grinding and then I lost and I was just pissed. Like there's nothing more I could do and I'm still losing. This sucks. Um, 
when instead of you're on the opposite end of it, like maybe there's more you can do, maybe there's more you can do outside of the game and like your <laughs> mentality is, and, and it's I, just, just in a better place. Yeah, just you to know? preference this, I agree with you. I'm yeah. just kind of playing devil's advocate because it's, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, no. it's something like yeah. the, the mental health guy is like, well, why aren't you grinding till you die? No. Like, yeah, yeah like, trust me. I know. I, I definitely know you're, you're on my side with this, but like I know that's like the argument that people will come with yeah. and I get it. It, like it's what has found success like it is what korea does it is what all the like successful teams do um but i just think that overall like for longevity like there's a better way to approach it there's a better way to approach it that will lead to long-term success but rather than trying to find that and being okay with losing now people would rather grind themselves and try to match it which isn't working like it, it, it hasn't worked for us like we haven't gotten to the point where we're beating like these teams internationally and actually winning the whole thing and yeah. Like we can keep trying and eventually, yeah, maybe we will because we get together like the five players that are just going to work with this perfectly and they're just going to stomp and maybe win. Like it could happen. Like it's, it's bound to happen statistically at some point. But I think that like, especially North America as a region, like we're not at that point. Our practice isn't good enough to just like make that happen. Like our system isn't good enough to allow these players to grow and be at their best possible point and to provide the, best that they can while also being like mentally sound and okay with themselves and able to like think rationally about how they could be better or what they could do um so like i want us to find that and i want us to be able to find it and i think that's an important step for any esport is to try to have like that type of system be normal and normalized because otherwise we're just grinding we're gonna have shorter careers because we're just <laughs> we're grinding ourselves to death thinking that this is the best way because it's all we're trying and um i don't know I just think it's it's good for short term. It's always going to yeah. work short term, and if that's what you want, and as I said, like esports right now is focused very much on short term. You know, it is the path to success. That's what'll get you there. Grind all day, you're going to be better than the people around you instantly, guaranteed. But it's just not healthy long term, and I think it will not lead to long term success. And yeah, it's just that's how I view it. And I think that if if people are able to put enough time into trying to make that work, it'll be a lot better in the long run. Yeah. We just have to, you know, try it and be okay with sucking at first. Yeah. And so that kind of brings me to another thing is, and one of the things I've noticed with players is a lot of time player goals, um, having worked with uh, different players, uh, really Overwatch and now Fortnite and some other things, um, their goals tend to be focused just around winning. And when you have goals yeah. that are just focused around winning and you don't meet those goals, um, it like there's no other growth metric to be in there and so you do get kind of i did all this work and i didn't meet my only goal um how do you handle that because i generally i view that is if that if that is your only goal is winning um winning as a goal can be very very dangerous just in general um because especially if you put in all much like your school if you put in all the work and you don't make make it and that's the only thing that you're really looking onto, it can be devastating um yeah. what do you do for players and uh maybe things related around player goals or coaching too. Like if coaches, if their only goal is to win, uh, what metrics do you put in place to know that you've, you've done a good job and that you've met goals? Um, I mean, for players, it's obviously extremely important to have other goals. I mean, it's literally like what you're saying, you're kind of hinting at it already. Like you need to have ways that you can gauge that practice is going well. Um, you need to have ways you can point at like, you're doing better at this and I can show it by looking at this compared to what you did in the past. Um, a lot of a lot of teams will have different ways of approaching that, but I think it's very good to just map out like you did this better, you did this better, you did this better. You have these goals like on your checklist, and we're checking them and tracking them in a chart. And look, over time, like you were doing it like eighty percent of the time. Now you're doing it hundred percent of the time. Like that's good. 
And that just shows like, it's a habit for you now. Like if I don't track this, I know you're going to do it. If I go back and I look at it and I track it again, it's like, all right, you're hitting hundred percent on this every time you're good. Um, and I think like if you're a player and you know, like you have something like that and you can see it and it's in front of you and it's like charted in some way, it's easy to know like, okay, I'm doing something better. Um, yeah. If you're just focused straight on winning and you're going to lose, it's you, like, you've yeah, probably worked with players that are like that too. I imagine. Oh, uh, oh yeah, for sure. Like a, a majority of people are like that. Like they, yeah. they just care about winning. It's the short term focus. Like you're going to win or you're going to lose. And obviously one is bad and one is good. If I'm on the bad side, well, my mentality is going to be bad. Like it's doomed. This is all I cared about. and I didn't get it. Well, I guess I didn't improve. We suck. So, then, so when you're looking at players who are like, is that something that worries you when you, you when you start to like try out players or you're, or you're looking at players? So if you see that mentality, is that something that is like a, a red flag for you that you're like, I need to be really worried about this? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a red flag if that's how someone thinks. That's generally like a maturity thing, though. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, some of it is just due to how esports has been, and people are going to have yeah. that just like rooted in their head, and that's understandable, and it's not necessarily their fault. Um, but it is like a maturity thing, understanding that like you need to do other things to improve and to get better, and that you have to be focused on that for now, and then it'll get better. Um, so yeah, it's it's a red flag, but I think it's something you can work through too. It, yeah. It's not something that like scares me off of players. It's something that like I have to be aware of. This is just how they are, mm-hmm. and trying to help them like mature as a person and a competitor and so this leads me into kind of another question um related to like scrimming and then transitioning to the the day performance um which obviously there's a difference just based on like play styles and the way people play during scrims is normally very different from the way that they play on on game day um and so uh we hear about like the scrim bucks and like oh my god i'm doing so well in scrims um what has been some major things that you've seen that really uh do not transition. The reason why things do not transition in your experience, why things don't transition from scrims to game days. Cause we hear all the time, every season from some teams or multiple teams or half the teams. Oh, we're doing so well yeah. in scrims, but it just didn't transition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, scrims in general are very much just not like stage. Um, this is why I relate back to like, I think practice is just like not very good yeah. in general. I think it's kind of just like a shitty system um, with the way it works. And it, you go into practice, people are a lot more aggressive on both sides than they would ever be on stage. On stage, everyone's a lot more passive. So playing like slow games on stage will usually lead to wins. Um, if you play like scaling comps, you're probably going to win because both teams will play a lot slower. Um, and I think it's just a mentality thing going in. Like People are willing to be more risky in scrims, and they're, they're really loose. They have that loose feeling like it doesn't matter too much. If I lose, it's not the end of the world. Um, but when you go on stage, you're thinking of losing, you're worried about losing. And when you're focused on losing so much, you take so many less risks, you push so much less. And all it does is lead to you like, you know, (laughs) conceding everything and losing. You you lose, you lose because you're so scared of losing. Um, and that's what happens a lot. So usually when teams like have that issue, it's that type of mental block that's there, like that, that they're afraid to push as much as they do in scrims. And it stops them from achieving like what they could be because it's obviously there. Um, a lot of the like scrim god players just have that. Like they don't push as much as they could, um, and, and it limits them. And that's a tough mental block for people to break. It's a really tough one. Um, and it's hard as a coach to really find a way to fix too. Like uh, I'll be the first one to admit I'm not really sure how to fix it. I don't have the magical solution to 
unlock someone's scrim potential to show up on stage but it's definitely something that you know we work towards and try to fix and you know find a solution to okay and then my my last question that i kind of want to ask you about and then well we have two i have two questions i lied to you okay then we'll get going so um another thing that has been we talked about free time a little bit and one of the things is get kind of gets brought up and i think it's less of a big deal now but i know that definitely like when esports was starting and through a lot of uh league of legends it's kind of a big deal is the idea of like relationships and players having relationships and have their relationship then they they don't care about uh their job and that isn't really that important which i think is bullshit uh but uh that's my opinion what, what is your kind of your uh, your opinion on like relationships and the the idea of it uh I think relationships are fine to have in esports. I, I don't see a downside to it as long as you're mature enough to handle mm-hmm. the responsibilities of a relationship and the responsibilities of a job. Uh, a lot of athletes have relationships. They can don't get away figure. with it just fine for the most part. Um, yeah. It's just, man. It's stupid. A lot of it is just the problem of a lot of people in the space are teenagers. Yeah. A lot of teenagers struggle with being able to maturely handle a relationship. Yes. So then they're going to struggle with handling a relationship and competing. Um, so it's not that relationships are a problem. That's more of just the maturity aspect of being able to handle both is problematic. Um, so I do think it can be an issue. It just depends on the person. And it's not that having a girlfriend or a boyfriend is the problem. It's, uh, just being mature enough to handle a relationship is a problem. Uh, so I've never had issues with it. There's definitely been some players that were problematic because of it, but, I've never just been like, you can't have girlfriends on this team. It's not allowed. Like, I think that'd be a weird uh, precedent to set as a team. It'd be a very weird conversation to have. I can't imagine having that conversation. Okay, so legit, yeah. last question, and then I will uh, get you on with your day. Um, so having been on the show, uh, I hope it was a very fun experience, which I greatly appreciate you coming on here. Uh, you are my no second head coach, and I had another one who used to be a head coach, but he is no longer. Uh, but uh, so you're you're my second. Uh, so having had this experience, it's I, I would like to I hope that this show is kind of unique um, in the fact that we cover a bunch of things that most people don't. But having had this experience, if you could pick anyone and they do not have to be a player, they do not have to be a coach. They can be behind behind the scenes people. Uh, they can be people involved. They just need to be involved in esports in some capacity. Um, yeah. Who would you have uh, on the show? Um, I think. Probably the person I would pick just because it'd be interesting and I'd love to hear his like perspective on things is uh Tanner DeMonte, the uh clutch mid laner. Because oh. um we're we're pretty good friends. Um obviously worked with him on Echo Fox. Uh he, he's a funny guy. And uh yeah, it would be funny to rope him into doing something. Uh, I would definitely like to see him doing some content. Okay. I will reach yeah. out and see if he responds to me so it's like a 50 yeah. 50 like gamble sometimes yeah, um, yeah. but so is life so uh, do you have any shout outs i normally don't do them but if you do i'll let you have them uh, i mean just to the people that you know follow me and support me thanks so much like you know i've had a very roller coaster career but the people that have supported me have always been a great uh support system for me and a good uh good way for me to keep going with everything so thanks to those guys Okay. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been Deep Dives in the Minds of Esports. Until next time, I hope everyone has a wonderful day.